Welcome to Church Online. I hope you enjoy this service with us. Please feel free to follow the link so that we can connect with you. And let's have a look at our announcements. Our powerful formation courses are back after two disrupted years with a whole new vision for how you can take part. Starting with our brand new 7pm Sanctuary experience on Tuesday nights, you can then break out for your group time. We also will combine a shorter, cheaper and in-house weekend experience with a powerful Sunday evening service each quarter. For April, we are taking regos for two courses. Refresh is for those who want to go deeper in their engagement with the Holy Spirit and Reform is for those who know it's time to break through and grow in a particular area. Find out more at kenmore.church forward slash growth track or go to our events page. Kids and youth programs are growing just as we hoped they would. On Sundays, we have kids everywhere. Right now, we are planning some exciting ways to provide lots more space where it's needed. This will also change a few things about where you come into church, so keep an eye out. One of the improvements will be a dedicated and comfortable space for parents to take their kids when their energy and volume gets a bit too high for our services. It will have video feed, seating and lots of space. In the meantime, we are making the cafe available for the same purpose. Feel free to give the toddlers a break and grab a coffee while you tune in to the service stress-free. Following Easter, we have an exciting and impacting message series that gives you a great opportunity to invite people back to church. It's called Entheos, catalyzing people to re-engage the true God within. The last two years have knocked the breath out of many people's spiritual lives and routine. Some have lost spiritual rhythm, some are disillusioned or even deconstructed. We need to meet God as we never have before, the way they did when Jesus came on the scene. There will be Sunday messages, midweek devotions, small group discussions, and even an offer to attend our weekend retreat. Check out the detail at n-theos.com.au and join us for a truly transformational journey. Alpha is preparing to run in April of this year. If you want to see others follow Jesus, contact Lani to join the Alpha team or be thinking about who you can invite. For more information about anything that's happening at Kenmore Church, visit our website at kenmore.church or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We hope you enjoy the service. Well, happy Easter, everybody, and I hope you enjoy this message. Uh, I have a message on my heart titled, A New Story. And I want to read for us from Matthew uh, chapter 28, verse 1 to 8. Very popular uh, story that we know in the Bible. And it's Resurrection Sunday. And it's, it's, it's the discovery that, that happened, uh, that the grave, the tomb is empty. And I want to ask or answer actually a question. What does that mean for us? What does the empty tomb, the empty grave, 
what's the meaning? What, what does it mean for us? But let's, let's read together. Uh, verse 1 in chapter 28 of Matthew, it says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down uh, from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not there. He has risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell, the, tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Interesting. Afraid yet filled with joy. Such a powerful story of, of re the resurrection of Jesus and what happened here today. And, um, and I th if you think about the story and, and Friday, it was the death of Jesus. We, we had Good Friday two days ago and, and today it's, it's his resurrection and he conquered death. That's the powerful story about Jesus. But in the story that we've just read, there's, there's actually two different aspects. Um, Mary, the two Marys, goes to the grave. And, and just think for a moment their attitude, the attitude that they went with. Uh, how they, they were perceived or how, how they looked um, at that moment or felt at that moment, actually. It's just everything that they've lived for till this moment has been taken away. They, they've spent time with Jesus. They, they've walked with him. They, they, they saw the miracles. And suddenly he's, he's dead. He doesn't live anymore. Everything is gone. I, I think there's, there's still a bit of heartache in there. And, and going to, to the tomb to, to pay their respects. But as they get there, there's a new story. There's a new narrative. Something else happened. That they, their expectation wasn't to see an empty grave. Their expectation, they were still in a mourning situation. They, they went to, to um, pay their respects. And suddenly there's a new story. There's, there's a new thing. Their whole life, the previous two days, just fell apart. If you think about one of the disciples, Peter, he, he just jumped ship. He, he went back to his old life by becoming uh, a fisherman again. And um, Jesus was everything to him. Suddenly, stories going back. It's, it's over. And the two Marys comes to the grave where Jesus was supposed to be. And he's not there. And in a moment, there's a new story. A new story has been written. And today, what I want to focus on is 
what does the empty grave mean to us? What's its meaning to us? How, how can that contribute to a new story for me and you? A new narrative. And I want to share with you, because Jesus is still writing a new narrative for you. Still writing a new story for you. Maybe you're watching online and, and you're not even a believer yet. And, or not even... Uh, thinking, you, you probably don't know what, what it's all about. Does that include me? If I'm not a believer, yes, he's also writing and thinking about you. Because Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. Before you were born, I set apart. I appointed you as a prophet for the nations. He, he, he knows you. And, and even if you don't know him, he's still knows you there's a new story the two marys came to the grave in a mourning state but they left afraid and full with joy and it's interesting that word afraid that the, the the meaning for that word the greek meaning for that specific word used there is actually the word expectant they, they're not sure what's, what's coming, but, but they, they are full of joy. They are expectant and full of joy. Why? Because there's a new story. The story was Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. And they were in a mourning state. But suddenly they discovered an empty grave. And that changed the narrative. And it changes the narrative for us. Because what does the empty grave mean? For me and you what's the meaning for me and you and i i just want to in in a brief short message share three things with you what the empty grave means for you number one number one the empty tomb gives me hope for my future it gives me hope for my future mary as she went to the grave she was sad but suddenly because of a of a empty tomb there was hope in her life there was she was filled with with joy and and, and she was expectant filled with joy afraid yes the word afraid but filled with joy suddenly there's a new narrative and that's the same for me and you the empty tomb give us hope because suddenly we don't have to be sad anymore, anymore because Jesus actually was busy while he was still dead writing a new narrative for me and you. He was writing a new story to tell us that, that hey, there is hope for your future. I am not dead. I am risen and the risen king and I've written a new story for you. You don't have to be sad, but you can be full of expectation and be full of joy. It's not over. It's not over. It's interesting for the two Marys. They did not have all the detail. They have not seen Jesus yet at that moment. They've just seen the angel. And the angel said, go and share, go and tell to the disciples. And they were running. They ran full of joy and they had no detail. And sometimes as believers, we get bogged down 
in the detail of things. We, we sometimes just want too much detail. They had no detail except Jesus is not here. And they ran full of joy and expectation. Think about it for a moment. If, if my kids, I, I, uh, if I want to take them somewhere, if they are busy with some of their stuff playing at home and, and I want to take them somewhere to go and experience something, I need to approach them in a certain kind of way that builds up the expectation that goes, um, I have something for you. If I, if I go to them, I need to approach them in a way that builds the expectation. And, and it's not with details, just I have something for you. Let's go. And then suddenly they, they go, why? Because of my approach, because of how I approach them. There was there was some excitement and expectation. It would be silly if I go to them and go, Hey, Luca, Mijan, Limay, daddy's going to start the car. When I put in the keys in the ignition, there's going to be a spark going and the spark plug starts working and, and there's combustion in the engine and stuff happening and it's starting up. And then I'm going to pull out the car. I need you to get ready and then get in the car. Once you're in the car, you have to put on your seatbelts. After your seatbelts, I will tell you that we're going to drive about five kilometers to a new park that we have not discovered yet. I mean, that, that's just silly. They, they won't be excited because the detail is going to frustrate them. But yet sometimes we, we want to know the detail. Mary, the two Marys just went on. He's not here. He's risen. And they were afraid and full of joy, meaning expectant and full of joy. It gave them hope that there's a future. And the empty grave gives us hope that there is a future. 1, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's just the resurrection church, it's, it's not just an event. It's a power to be experienced. It's something that me and you can experience. It gives us hope. It fills us with joy that, that there's a new story. Jesus has overcome the dead and he's risen. And that gives me hope because he is alive. And because the grave is empty, I can have hope for my future. The empty tomb give us hope. For the future sometimes we get lost in the details there's hope for you i don't know the details but there is hope and i know the bible says he has exceedingly abundantly more for us there's hope number two it gives us the empty tomb what does it mean for me and you it means victory in my present it means victory in my present I mean, Jesus, he got tortured on, on the Friday. He, 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 he took everything, everything, everything that he had to endure. It, he endured it for us and howled through everything at him. Everything. And on Saturday, he was in the deepest area 
of hell in the deepest area in in the most uh the area where, where it probably is the most hurting area and, and the darkest area and jesus is going through that for me and you but come sunday on sunday he rose victorious and that victory is not just for him on that day that victory is for us and the empty tomb is victory and gives us victory in our present hebrews 2 says it as following hebrews 2 verse 14 since the children have flesh and blood he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is the devil jesus broke the power of death and he, he already has done it for us by what he's done on the cross for us and he went to hell and to defeat the devil for us that means we can have power in the now there's power for us for the now there's victory in my present sometimes we can't see that victory sometimes we're not sure how that victory looks like because sometimes we're so bogged down in the detail that that we can't see clearly but can can, can it be that we we should change the way that we see and listen i've been reminded of a story in uh, mid-october 80 uh, 1982 at, at badges stadium in 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 the united states there was a game played of, of football, uh, the University of Wisconsin versus the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, Wisconsin had a home advantage, and, uh, but they were, they were losing their, their game badly. Each quarter just getting worse and worse and worse. The strange thing that happened that day was that the more the home team was losing the harder the crowd cheered it was strange it boggled their minds they were not sure what is happening why would the home team cheer so loudly for the team that is losing later that day it, it was said that uh, what happened was a hundred kilometers away the world series was being played and 80% of the stadium was, was listening via radio to that game, that baseball game of the World Series. And, and it, it came to pass that, that the Milwaukee Brewers were winning against the St. Louis Cardinals. And as the Milwaukee Brewers win, that was their home baseball team that they would have supported. As they were winning the fourth game of the World Series, the home crowd cheered all the louder. It's because they cheered because of what they heard and not what they've seen. And I think we should change the way sometimes how we look and our perspective of things. Because sometimes we can see stuff and it, we go, but I don't see the victory but hear what God's word is saying. Sometimes we, we don't need to see it, but hear it and respond to what we hear by what we hear that what God's word is saying to us. 
and what he's saying to you. And his word is saying to us that Jesus rose victorious and that that power, the same power that rose, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That is what I hear the word of God is saying. Yes, there's trouble in the world. Yes, there's heartache. And I don't want to minimize your pain that you are going through currently. But what I do know is that I can change my, my perspective and I can change what I'm filtering and I can change what I'm hearing to what God's word is saying. I'm not going to let other world's opinion become my reality because of what I see. But I'm going to let my reality become what I read in God's word. And I see victory. And there's victory for you. The empty tomb means there's victory for you. Lastly, number three. It gives me freedom from my past. It gives me freedom from my past. And if you are willing to lay down your life, you can experience that freedom. Your past does not have to determine your future. We all have a dodgy past we all have a past but the empty tomb is writing a new narrative it, gi it gives us a new story that jesus has defeated death it has defeated our past that dead person in us and he has given us new life and the empty tomb means freedom from my past because Jesus is writing a new story. And you can experience that new story. But you have to come to Jesus. Yes, Alvin, but my life is not right. We, that's not how he works. He's not waiting for us to get our lives right before we can come to him. We go to Jesus to get our lives right. But we have to come to him. We have to lay down our lives. It reminds me of the story and I'm ending in this. In, in John 8, the, the woman that was caught in, in, in adultery and the religious leaders brought her to Jesus and, and threw her down and, and, and actually asked him, what do you think about this? And, and that is what religion does. It, it, it puts our past on display. Um, and the religious leaders wanted him to, to actually just speak death over her, but he didn't. Instead, he knelt down and started writing in the ground. Now, we don't know what he, he uh, at that stage, what, what was written in the ground. Um, there's some speculations. But can it be that at that moment, while he was writing on the ground and as, as the people left, that this lady, that she experienced a new narrative? A new story that was written over her life. That she experienced grace in that moment. That her past does not define her future. She's being freed from her past. And that is our reality today. As we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. We also can celebrate the fact that we are free from our past. And you can be free from your past as you lay down your life and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm coming to you.
You have to come to Him. Don't wait to get right. You go to Jesus to get right. But you have to accept the invitation. Jesus, here I am. Here I am. Thank you for writing a new narrative, a new story over my life. I'm laying it down. Fearful. But like Mary, the two Marys, expectantly fearful. Fearful. Afraid. But expectantly afraid. Yet full of joy. I don't know what the future holds. But I do know the, the one who holds the future. And that is you. I commit, recommit my life to you. So that I can experience the freedom from my past. And what your grave and the empty tomb means to me. May you experience that freedom. He gives you a new story. And you can have that new story today. Accept him in your life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you are alive. And thank you that, that we know and can celebrate the fact that you have overcome death. And that the grave is empty. I pray for everyone, Lord who's watching this message online, may they experience what the empty grave means to them. And may they experience that newfound freedom that they have in you. Well, thank you for everyone. May you bless them and may you keep them, Lord. And, and may, may they just experience your kindness and friendliness, Lord. And as we celebrate today with our families, Lord, May we experience the new story that you are writing about our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless you.